Welcome to episode 16 of What Lies Beneath the Seattle Kraken Podcast. In this house, we yeet the fish. We will explain what that means. We we will talk about the Kraken in the Kraken reaction. Life is good for Kraken fans. So much to talk about there. Really exciting stuff. Joey just got back from New York City literally before the recording of this podcast. He got off a plane like a few hours ago. So we'll find out what the heck. Is he alive? Okay, hang hang on for like 15 more seconds to see if he's still alive. No dumb questions about something real dirty. We're going to get dirty in hockey this week. Also, too, speaking of that, the dirtiest players in NHL history for hockey history. So let's go yeet some fish. It is time for episode 16 of What Lies Beneath the Seattle Kraken Podcast. back you're alive i can see you what's going on man you (laughs) you had an epic trip uh my name is jeff janusik and this dude who just got off a plane a jet setter to new york city his name is joey cirillo so i mean we'll talk we'll talk in depth about this a little bit after because we we do got to get to this cracking reaction here in a second but uh Mm -hmm. you made it back home to, to Louisiana, to New Orleans from New York. Mm-hmm. New York was awesome. New York was great. Uh, yeah, it, w- it was a five-day bender, let's be honest. And uh, <laughs> I went to my first hockey game, Madison Square Garden. I watched the Rangers come back from uh, from a 2 nothing deficit early in the first to take down the Maple Leafs. That was a blast. Uh, Rangers fans are fucking batshit in the best way possible. They were heckling everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean the opposing team, their team. Uh, their own fans, but it's like all in good fun because it's New York. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, somehow made it. I uh, was able to actually watch the Kraken games while I was out. Just had streaming on my phone. Really? So, yeah, no one can question the uh, the dedication to the Kraken. And then on the flight uh, is when I, you know, purchased the Wi-Fi and was knocking out all the podcast notes on my end. So I'm ready to roll, man. I'm back after five days. I have a fresh beer in my hand. I probably shouldn't, but we're doing this. I am drinking immunity tea and yeah, I have a, you're a smart man. <laughs> I have a blanket uh, and I went and took my kids to the daddy daughter dance, my girls uh, over the weekend. So, you know, we're living the same life here, buddy. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Complete opposite universes, but that's awesome. How, the dance was good. How was the daddy daughter dance? It was nice. It was great. First time girls are five daddy daughter dance. It was, we were there for an hour and four minutes uh, and they crashed hard because it was after seven, and, but it was fun. They dressed up. I dressed up. It was super cool. Also too, I know I want to talk about the cracking, but I'm so, this is hockey news. Totally pumped mm. for Christmas. My son got uh, skates. Um, he got roller skates, but it came with interchangeable roller blades. And oh, nice. my wife, my wife started them off on roller skates, and I was like, "No, no, 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 we got to change that." Um, so I put the the roller blades on yesterday. He started. He first started skating yesterday out in the driveway, and then today it's raining in Louisiana or in New Orleans. So um, he was in the garage. He has progressed so much in two days. This kid is going to be playing hockey in like a week. So okay. I'm pumped. I'm documenting each day of his skating. So every day I'm going to document that. So I'm going to start putting that into some of our social media. Cause I'm, I'm really proud and I can't wait to have uh, finally somebody in this neighborhood that I can play uh, hockey with here in Louisiana. <laughs> Dude, that's badass. Your, yeah. your son's uh, you know, two days in and is showing a ton of progress. So I'm excited. You're going to have, you're going to have to share some of that. I want to see how he does. 
Yeah, he might. You you haven't. You don't. You don't skate. You do you know how to skate? I've never. I've never skated. I've never ice skated ever in my entire life. I rollerbladed wow. a ton as a kid. I used oh, okay. To, like I used to go to like roller rinks and I would. That counts. And I would that that counts. Okay, I would go to roller rinks all the time. Yeah. Uh, if, sh uh, shout out to everyone in the, like the Olympia Lacey area in Washington, Skateland. That was my jam. If people are in that area, they know they know what's up with Skateland. I spent many many a day there. You know, like something that you want to do when I was in my radio days is you want to relate to your audience. I'm pretty sure that no matter where you listen to uh, this podcast in the United States and probably overseas, like if there was a skating rink in your city or near you, odds were back in the day, it was called Skateland. I think, every, honestly, I think by rule, by law, every skating rink in the country back in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s was named Skateland. Pretty sure. Yeah, no, I, I believe that 100%. Like you said, uh, very relatable. Everyone, for the most part, has had some sort of childhood memory that they like, attached to one or knew of one. And yeah, I think it's a pretty common thing, man. So spent a lot of time at skating, but I've never gone ice skating. And it, it is on the bucket list. Um, I think one of my friends in New York made a joke like, hey, should we go should we go ice skating after we've been drinking for, you know, six hours one night? And I'm like, I'm definitely not doing that. <laughs> so I'm not trying to eat shit from a bunch of people uh, when it's nine degrees outside in January. But I appreciate the offer. Well, you know what? Drinking helps you your bones bounce. But, uh, you know, so uh, <laughs> it's enough about skating and kids and daddy daughter dances and more on uh, your epic bender in New York coming up. But, man, let's get to it. It's time for your Kraken reaction. In this house, we eat the fish. Did you see that tweet from the Kraken social media team today? Monday. This is Monday. We're recording Monday night. Did you see that? No, I actually didn't. And I saw it in the podcast notes. And instead of asking you before we recorded, I figured it'd be best if I were to just genuinely ask you, what the hell does that tweet even mean? Well, you know, so hype videos are huge in sports, right? I mean, the past, you know, five, six years, is social media has just become this beast, uh, you know, like college football hype video, hype videos all the time. I love it that the Kraken are really, really, you know, and we as fans, we're really getting into the culture and building this thing that is uh, Kraken fandom, right? Um, and they, I thought that was awesome. I love it is they put out this hype video of throwing the the salmon into the crowd. And we've seen a lot of that lately because the Kraken are, uh, they've won three out of the last four games, which is phenomenal. So they put out a tweet today that was funny with this video. And it said, in this house, we yeet the fish. And it was this <laughs> footage of, you know, the, the Kraken, you know, stars of the game, tossing uh, the salmon into the, into the crowd at Climate Pledge Arena. And I love it. I love that attitude. We yeet the fish so i love uh, it man okay now i now i know what that means that that's pretty epic and yeah uh to to go right into the kraken reaction there you just nailed it like the kraken have won three out of their last four mm -hmm. they're doing what you know we would hope that they would do during a homestand and that's win some games and that started on thursday against the sharks and let listen we predicted this last time when the kraken were on a losing streak and they had to go play at san jose you and i predicted that they were going to win and we brought up the story like the early 2000s of the octopus in the Seattle Aquarium that was killing sharks. <laughs> and that was the metaphor that we used. The Kraken won that game and they won this game as well. Uh, and they won it three to two. I mean, it, it was it was a pretty solid game. Yeah, undefeated against the San Jose Sharks. And the Sharks are a solid team, which was pretty cool. And uh, Mr. Susie, Susie. Um, which uh, I do appreciate some tweets uh, at Kraken Pod coming in about that Mortal Kombat reference. Uh, maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe that'll catch fire. Um, yeah. 
he had two goals in the game, which is pretty awesome. Yep. Um, you know, it didn't start off too, too great. Uh, I, you know, to coin your term, hashtag cracking shit, Joey. Do major uh, cracking shit. Uh, yeah. Hurdle the turtle, uh, Tom, Tomas hurdle. He mm-hmm. scored 38 seconds uh, after the puck drop. So it didn't look good. You know, we were coming off of the Chicago Blackhawks win, um, which uh, that rounds out the other, you know, three of uh, four there. So, but they pulled it off. They win three to two. It was a hard fought game. And, um, you know, I would say, except for the blues game, which we'll talk about in a second, um, you know, that they were, these games have been hard fought. The, the, the team is getting some, something gelling, something's going. There's like some attitude there. There's some, I like, again, the chemistry, the emotion it's there. I'm, I'm seeing it. Well, literally hard fought because Giordano got a major for dropping the gloves in the second, uh, against Adam Roska and just throwing blows. And for me, I'm all for it. And maybe this is what you were alluding to when you're talking about like the team chemistry and, and whatnot, because I don't know, like I didn't have a chance to go on Twitter really during the games. Like it was kind of hard, you know, multitasking and everything. But uh, for me, like seeing that happen in the moment was such a sigh of relief. And that's a kind of a weird thing to say, maybe because you're watching two grown ass men fight, fist fight each other over a, over a game. But seeing Giordano uh, show that emotion and defend his teammates and just so willingly drop the gloves and start throwing fisticuffs. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's like a, like a turning point in the season or it's like a, a locker room bonding moment, but I think it's something that's definitely very positive for the team. Um, I think a lot of fans were looking for him to show emotion for a while now. And all that's really, we've heard around him is that two things, one, he's a cat person and two, that he wouldn't mind being traded back to his former team. So to see him show emotion, and get that major for fighting. I'm kind of all for it, man. I, I, I don't know. That's that's where I stand on it. Yeah, thanks for reminding me that Gio's a cat guy. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> you know what? He he definitely showed me that he didn't fight like a cat guy because he, uh, you know, he's the captain. And when your captain stands up and throws down and shows that he's a tough defenseman and don't mess with me, that's awesome. That's going to fire your team up. And uh, what I what I like and what's been going on is who who's leading the way in goal right now? No question, Philip Grubauer. Uh, Gru is killing it right now. He's doing great, and he did great in that game too. It was, uh, you know, dicey. It was close. It was tight. He did what he had to do. He made the saves when he, you know, had to. And uh, I know hats off to him, man, the German gentleman. Yeah, and you made a really good point. And I actually did catch this during the game, but I think you were tweeting from our account, which is at Kraken Pot on Twitter. What? No, it wasn't me. It wasn't you. It must have been Davy Jones. No, it was me. It was Davy Jones. Yeah. yeah. It was just yeah. a bunch of barks and woofs. No, so I saw the tweet that you mentioned something along the lines of uh of hey, if the San Jose Sharks could just calm down right now, it's like they're skating like they're trying to win the game. And that's completely right. So the Kraken gave San Jose four fucking power play chances in the third period. They were only able to score on one of them. Like you said, Gruby held it down. He had 22 saves on the game. Um, he I mean, I don't know, he did what like you would want your anchor to do and that's make the plays needed to win the game, especially down the stretch when things are getting tight. Uh, Susie had a, it was his first two goal game of his career. Also have to shout out the Swede yarn croak. He scored a goal. That was uh goal number 100 on his career for him. So overall good vibes, man, like Giordano's throwing down yarn croak gets his hundredth. Susie gets a two goal game and, and Gruby makes 22 saves and holds down the third period and the crack and end up winning. Yeah. And two, the end of the game was, was tough because they were on a penalty yep. kill. So, you know, the end of the game, um, 
uh, with with a six on four, and that was good. They helped. I mean, that's scary stuff. And they yeah. did not let Kraken shit happen. The Kraken shit started the game. It did not end the game, and they beat the Sharks three to two. So the Sharks, man, they are getting ravaged. By the way, that yeah, that tweet earlier in the day that I put out of the gif of the octopus. Um, beating up the shark. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. Like that, that was a good. That did that did pretty well. Now, the, you could tell the best performing tweets are Joey's tweets. You could tell that I was like, you know, uh, I was not up to your uh, your writing game because man, you were missed while you were in New York City and and having a good time. But, it honestly uh, did. It honestly did feel weird. I I will. Well, one, I I appreciate that. I don't think you're. I don't think you're telling the truth here. We 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 absolutely. I think have our have our own styles, which I I appreciate yours immensely, but. I really I did miss watching the games and sitting down and like live tweeting and communicating with everyone during it. Like I legitimately missed that. Like I, I have now traveled in season and was, you know, enjoying some other uh, nefarious activities and uh, was still missing, you know, the Kraken fam. So, yeah, well, uh, that's very, very nicely said. Uh, about the Twitter stuff, and uh, you were missed because you were getting ripped in in New York City and enjoying NHL stuff, and you know having a good time. Um, but you know what? That's that's well deserved, and you got hopefully plenty of time to sit down and watch some hockey this week. Uh, after they beat the Sharks, uh, they welcomed the St. Louis Blues the next night. That was Friday night. This game uh-huh. was savage. It was rough. There's there's a, there's a couple of things in that of note that happened in it, but they lose five to nothing to the Blues, and it just was. It, it just was not good. I mean, that's it's probably one of the, you know, I don't know, worst performances by the Kraken. But for some reason, though, I don't know. And maybe it's, maybe I'm not thinking back properly, but I wasn't too worried about it because it was, you know, two games, two nights. The Blues are really good. They're mm-hmm. tough. Um, so it would it was going to be a tight, tough game anyway. So I kind of like as soon as as soon as they the the Kraken started to you know go down. Um, you know, obviously, by the time we get to the third period, I was like, I'm just over it already. It's cool. I'm not this guy's just like literally just don't get hurt. And uh, why don't you go, uh, you know, rest up and then we'll see what happens, you know, this weekend. So, yeah. And you know what? We also alluded to how we thought this game was going to go on last week's podcast episode, because if you remember right, we were talking about Drieger going on the COVID protocol and them having to call up Joey Decord. That's right. From, from Charlotte. And you and I were talking about well, one, we're a pro Joey podcast. We're we're team we're team Decord. We're, we are fans of his. But we did say if for some reason he is the one that's going to get the start in net against the Blues, that's going to be problematic. They score and they score a lot. And I just thought it'd be kind of an overwhelming uh, situation for him. And guess what? Like the Blues just kind of own the Kraken. Like it really sucks because the game in St. Louis was really close, two to one loss. Uh, you know, heartbreaker, especially for Driggs. You can tell he really won that. He played his fucking ass off. And this game was just a straight up beatdown. I mean, there's for me, there's really nothing else to say except for the the Kraken got beat down. And it was a back to back. And I'm with you. I wasn't too worried about it. I didn't think, oh, this this game is going to cause him to spiral out of control or anything crazy to happen. Um, I did make one note on a statistic that stood out to me, and that's uh, that St. Louis leads the NHL uh, with 34 power play goals. Again, they score, uh, and they score a lot. And they also scored a, a shorty. That was their sixth of the season. That was the third given up by the Kraken. Uh, you know, Decor did have 26 saves, but you know when they're putting uh, the puck on that as often as they are, and they're putting themselves in good positions to score, they're going to score. Well, you know, with, with Joey Decor, he's only got... 
like 13, like 13 games of NHL experience. I just, I just looked him up um, and he's, he's got a long way to go. Lots to learn. So, you know, just coming up and taking your lumps and experiencing the NHL is a great thing. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, the note that I had, which kind of leads into later on talking in hockey history and, and our uh, no dumb question is, I don't know if you caught this, but uh, Dunner, Vince Dunn has been accused of throwing the old slew foot uh, mm-hmm. on his former teammate, Jordan Cairo. Jordan Cairo is kind of taken off in, in St. Louis. He's a young dude and he's having a breakout season. There was like six minutes left in the game. And I mean, Vince Dunn, uh, he came, I mean, it was, it, it's slew foot ish. Um, they got close together, um, in the, in the Kraken zone. And, uh, he kind of, you know, put the foot out, the foot out and he gave him the big old push and pushed him down to the ice. And, um, there was stoppage uh, a, a few moments later. And then they got into a little bit of a dust up. They didn't fight, but it was, it was close. So there is some bad blood brewing, and that's that's what you got to do though. It's like Vince Dunn came in and basically did it dirty, you know. Like, and what I'm gonna guess is this: is it's five nothing. The Blues are are coming into the to the Kraken zone. I guarantee you, Vince Dunn was sick of that shit, and he was like, "All right, you know, look, these are former teammates, but I don't give a shit. I'm 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 you know a Kraken player now. This is my team, and here you are. It's five nothing. Game's over. You guys destroyed us." And you're coming in to try and pile on more goals. Get the fuck out. And <laughs> so, you know, I, and here's the thing about dirty players. Yeah. Here's the thing about dirty players is like when they play against you, they are the dirtiest. I can't stand that guy. Oh, man. And, I, you know, I've grown up watching a lot of play. I can't I hate that dude. He's so dirty. But if they're on your team, you love him. So. You know, I don't know who the dirtiest Kraken player is or who's known as the dirtiest Kraken player. It was, you know, looking back, I can at least I'm not sitting there going like, OK, uh, was it the slew foot? Eh, I don't know if it was a technical slew foot, but it was something. It was an FU to the Blues, like stop trying to score on us and get out of here. So props to Dunn for, you know, putting a message out there like, hey, we're not we're not a team to be screwed with. OK, if you beat us, you beat us, but you're not going to run up the score on us. Is that a dirty play? I have to ask you, is that a dirty play or is that a quote-unquote hockey move? And I'm I'm asking because I guess my question that's attached to that is also, do St. Louis Blues fans, because they're not happy about it, and especially because that's his former team, which makes things really interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. But I guess the question for me would be, is that play dirty or is it just a hockey play and you don't like it because it's against your team? Or did they have a legitimate gripe of being like, dude, are you fucking serious right now? Yeah, it was, it's a little combination of both. I mean, it was, it was, I think, I think Vince Dunn went out there to send a message. Yeah. Um, I think, um, you know, they're, they're coming into the zone and I think he, he didn't line up perfectly for the hit. I, I, I'm, I watched it a few times before the podcast tonight, uh, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I think that Kyrou was like trying to like get out of it, obviously, like he saw Vince Dunn coming. And I think Vince Dunn just did what he had to do to take him down. And was it dirty? Yeah, I think it was definitely in that dirty area was it like intentional absolutely was he trying to send a message absolutely do i love it absolutely you know could could he have gotten hurt absolutely could have gotten hurt do the mm-hmm. blues uh fans have a, a legitimate gripe against vince dunn absolutely I, but all of it i love it because um you know i haven't looked at the schedule um I, I, they're they're a western conference team i assume we're playing the blues again a couple more times so i'm looking forward to it i mean i 
I hope this uh, sparks something and I can guarantee you that Jordan Cairo is not going to forget that. And neither is Vince Dunn. So, you know, I think it set up some good stuff. So that's my takeaway from that, you know, drubbing is that uh, they set up the revenge match. And hopefully that means is I'm going to say this in the crystal ball, the Kraken crystal ball. I'm going to say the next matchup against the blues. We win that game. I'm going opposite and I'm going opposite because not that I, I want to root against a Kraken. Like they're obviously my team, but for me, I don't know. It makes me nervous when there's a, a team that's clearly better than you, like not just on paper, but I mean, like the, the St. Louis Blues are a really good team. And the last thing that I would, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm a different mindset. In my mind, it's like the last thing I want to do to a team that's far superior than me is give them a reason to want to beat the fuck out of me next time I play them. I'm just saying. I don't know. I think I think get in their heads, screw with them. They're not thinking about just doing business, which is that's what they did. They just came in, did blues business, killed us. Maybe now they're going to have a little thought in their head like, man, screw that guy. I'm getting pissed off. Maybe they're like bulletin board. Meanwhile, the Kraken, like, you know, they got something going, which is great. But, uh, you know, odds are they're going to have a, a winning season. No, you know, so do mm-hmm. they really have something big at, at stake? No. I mean, a miracle could happen, and I, I, I hope it does. But I think the Kraken did what they need to do to set up that next game against the Blues and and come away with the win. And if I unless I miss yes. something, I'm, yes. I'm just kind of I'm doing it on the fly here uh, to use a uh, hockey term. No, no. Next- I- I'm I'm totally sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. I'm I'm totally with you. And listen, even with my comment about how I don't know how I would feel about igniting a team that's better than me to want to come out and and beat the hell out of me, I also understand why he did what he did. Like I I will easily defend that all day. If he wanted to send a message, by all means, man, send a message. Like if they're trying to pile on goals, and it's late in the third, and be kicking the crap out of you know out of me and my teammates all game. Knock someone to the ice. Like fuck you, man. We're not going to deal with this. We've that's had enough. It. That's exactly yeah. it. Okay, yeah. so the I looked it up. Uh, we play the Blues in St. Louis on April sixth. So uh, okay. they'll 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 pencil that in. They, they won't forget that. But you you know you mentioned like pissing off a good team and they come in and try to whip your butt. So we lose that game five nothing. Well, on Sunday, uh, who came to Climate Pledge Arena uh, with league leading or right there at the top of the league? Yes, the Florida Panthers. And dude, what an awesome game they have. The Panthers number. Uh, they beat the Panthers, which is fa- like fantastic stuff at Climate Pledge Arena. So here you are, you know, you're you're three and four in the last four games, and one of those wins is against a elite team in the mm-hmm. NHL. Yeah, it's crazy because we did this to Florida earlier in the season on my on my epic kind of row game trip, and this is when they were trying to go uh, for like the home for the home win streak record, and the Kraken shut that shit out. And this game. Uh, I actually had this. You're going to appreciate this. So they just legalized betting in New York. And so everyone and their mother there is betting, which I'm a fan of. And I'm talking about the Kraken. And uh, this is like the day before uh, the game against Florida. And long story short, I convinced a bunch of people to put some money on the Kraken versus uh, versus uh, the Panthers. So uh, you're welcome to everybody that put money on it. <laughs> really? I, yeah, I didn't tell them to bet, but I was like, hey, here's what's going on. And I kind of broke everything down for them. And they're like, all right, because of you, I'm putting some money on the Kraken, on the Kraken Hell tomorrow. Yeah. And the Kraken ended up winning. But no, to your point, um, yeah, the, the Panthers came in, actually tied with Tampa Bay for most points in the NHL at 61. The the final score was kind of tricky because, yes, it was 5-3, uh, but two out of Florida's three goals were like some really weird bounces that ended up finding the net. Gruby, again, played his ass off. 28 saves. Again, he anchored the team. And uh, you notice how the, the Gruby haters, the, the Grub lander, 
has started to get a little bit quieter because he also has three wins in a row because three out of the last four wins, the wins are all when he's been in net and he's playing damn well. There's one sad note I wanted to make. It's a sad Susie. And that's, he went down the lower body industry. Jeff strikes again. It, it is. It's, it's a, uh, and listen, I know every team in the NHL is dealing with it um, between COVID protocols and, and injuries. It's really, really hard, but I found, Kind of a fun fact that's also a shitty fact that Alex Wenberg and Adam Larson are the only two Kraken to play in every game this season. Like that's how kind of decimated the Kraken have been so far. So wow, that's the only kind of uh, you know negative takeaway is that Suze, he went down. He's now part of the lower body industry. Hopefully he's okay and he comes back soon. But yeah, the Kraken get a like you said, they get a great win against you know the best team in the NHL, top tier talent. Yeah, and what I like too is uh, that the two of those Florida goals were just kind of you know bad bounces, right? So like, you know, Grubauer is uh, you know uh, he's on fire right now. He's doing great. He's he has quieted all of that stuff. And and again, you know, when you're losing tons of games, it's just like you know everybody's looking at everything bad. Um, but you know they've got some they've got some good chemistry. I mean, I say it every episode. That is what's going on. You know, it's starting to happen. It's starting to be consistent. The guys know each other. You know, they're feeling it as a team. And what's neat about this is like, you know, when they play the Panthers again, which I'm not sure if they do, I'll check that schedule as it's pulled up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're they're going to feel really confident going into that. They're going to be like, yeah, we got these guys. We know how to win, you know, like, and that's the thing is you can figure out how to beat a team. You could probably most likely repeat it again and 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 do it again, which is pretty cool. So, uh, that, that was awesome. I mean, it was a, a beautiful thing to, to see them. And, and then here we are, you know, three out of four, here's the thing that, and, and, and tweet, or, you know, let us know on social media at crack and pod was Davy Jones in attendance at the game. Cause he was not at the blues game and, and they lose five, nothing. Now I don't know. I didn't pay close enough attention to see like, was he at, um, was he at the, the game yesterday at Climate Pledge Arena? It's Sunday. I mean, so, you know, maybe he's like, you know, chilling at the game on Sunday. I don't know. Maybe he's getting ready. You know, he's in training to become like an assistance dog. So maybe like he had to go to bed early or something, you know? So I don't know. But like, was Davy Jones the dog mascot for the, the Seattle Kraken? Was he in attendance at the Panthers game? Yeah, that's not something. I mean, I, I certainly in my, you know drunken i have my phone out at the bar streaming espn plus <laughs> uh did not notice that either so if i could you know we can get some information on that that would be great but uh listen at the end of the day nothing but good things have happened to the seattle kraken since davy jones came into the picture so you know if you're out there right now and you know you're in a relationship and the relationship is struggling go get yourself a husky like name it something really <laughs> cute um, you know, try to, try to really uh, mend some things there because the Seattle Kraken found found a way to uh, to bond and come together and start stringing together some wins. And uh, that's all thanks to Davy Jones. Awesome. Well, I just uh, also looked at the schedule and it looks like we are not going to play the Panthers again. Um, they're an Eastern Conference team. So I think that's only like twice uh, a season, um, uh, twice in a season. So uh, we are we will remain undefeated in team history uh, against the Florida Panthers. Uh, until at least next season. So that's pretty awesome. That's that's pretty cool to say. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's interesting to have a, a team of that caliber. And it, it seems like, you know, it, it's just two games, but the reality is the Kraken are 2-0 against them. And for whatever reason, like you said, they have their number. And I don't know if it's a, if it's a matchup thing or what, but 
you know, the Kraken have confidence and also they have confidence knowing that when they when they play their game and when things are clicking, they can beat anyone in the NHL. And this is big because their upcoming schedule, which we are about to get into, there's one game remaining left on this homestand and the, the Kraken are back out on the road. So they're going to have to hopefully, um, you know, take some of that momentum and that confidence and let it carry over into these games coming up here. Mm-hmm. So let's get into that and hopefully we can close out the, the homestand uh, on Tuesday night, which would be tonight against the Nashville Predators. The yeah. Preds, they're, they're like one of those teams that, for me, in my brain, how this works is like, it's the Predators and the Minnesota Wild. I always kind of forget mm. that they're in the, in the, in the league and yeah. then they're always good. So I was like, when I start, when I think of them, I go like, Oh yeah, the predators. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh man. I forgot. They're a hockey team and they're actually really good. Uh, and the same thing with the Minnesota wilds, like Minnesota wilds, like a great hockey team, but I always forget about the Minnesota wilds. So like here come the predators uh, took a look and I, you know, I have heard a little bit about the, the preds and how they're doing It's This is a really good team, man. This is one of the best teams in the league. So it'll be really interesting coming into this last game of the homestand to see after rest for at least a night, can they wrap up the homestand and win four out of five? Yeah. And like you alluded to, they are a good team. The predators currently sit at 26, 14 and three. That is second in the central. Uh, that's actually tied with St. Louis. Uh, they've St. Louis has demonstrated to us twice how good they are. We don't need to talk about them anymore. Uh, this mm-hmm. is this is the last game of the homestand, so it's a game that hopefully the Kraken can carry that confidence over in. And uh, the, the Kraken's first ever win in franchise history was, in fact, against the National Predators. Uh, October right. 14th uh, in Nashville, the Kraken won 4-3. Um, the, the Predators, they are a top 10 team in the league for goals scored. They have 134 on the season. And for me, I'm watching uh, Roman Josie, their team captain. Uh, it's it's rare when you have uh, a defenseman as well-rounded as he is. He leads their team in points at 42. He has 29 assists on the season, and he's a fucking defenseman. So uh, if you want to watch somebody who plays their position extremely well and is incredibly balanced, uh, I'm sure he'll be having some, like some highlight plays against the Kraken, but hopefully nothing too crazy in this yet, and the Kraken can you know take this game. Well, you know, they score a lot of goals and that typically, you know, is not there. They score a lot of goals and they are great defensively and they've got great goaltending. So, you know, think about that. It's like you score a lot of goals. You're a good defensive team and you've got good goaltending. That should make you one of the best teams in the NHL and ding, ding, ding. They are. So, you know, watch out for that. And, you know, look, you don't know what you're going to get with the Kraken, but I feel like we've kind of like, you know, I don't know if you watch the stock market at all, but we uh, we aren't, you know, we're not we're not we're not bullish. We're not in a bear market. It's more of like, uh, you know, okay, cool. It's like we're just kind of maintaining. We're, we're, right now. we're hodling. We're hodling yeah. the Kraken. That's what that's we're right. doing over here. Yeah, that's, that's how we, that's how we're participating. Like, like stock is low right now. You know, it's a it's a new organization. Oh, oh, oh! Figured out. We're just gonna we're gonna hodle hodle the Kraken. Yep. So I, I I hope they pull it off against the Preds. That'd be really nice. Um, and then Thursday. The road trip starts and the road trip is, you know, not going to be great. East Coast no. road trip, <laughs> East Coast swing. You just did that. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, your New York trip because the Rangers are coming up towards the end of the week. Yes, but sir. Thursday against the Penguins. Penguins are rolling right now. They are scoring a lot. They just got back one of the greatest players of all time in Evgeny Malkin, uh, like a couple of weeks back. And he's just, you know, lighting it up. He's on fire. You know, so Sidney Crosby, who I hate, is always good. And they're just all around, like goaltending, like fantastic. The Penguins are a legit team. 
this is going to be a tough one too. Yeah, and we previously played them on December 6th and they beat the living shit out of us. It was 6 to 1. That was not a fun game I would like to relive. Um they are top 10 in both goals scored and goals to get angles against uh in the in the NHL. I'm going to share with you a stat that I that I came across like just kind of checking out some different websites and and trying to get a better understanding. I think this is going to be something that um, that blows you away. I mean, at least it, it blew me away or maybe I'm just new to hockey. So like everything impresses me at this point. So I was looking at, I was looking at this category uh, and it's XGF and th- that uh, statistic stands for expected goals for. So I was specifically looking at team anal- analytics for five on five. So I'm looking at five on five for the penguins. And it is a statistic that is based on where shots are coming from compared to league wide shooting percentage for that shot location so basically like it it's able to tell you like how good these shots are um and give percentages on that based upon league average depending on where the shot's happening on the ice uh pittsburgh it has a 98.4 percent uh for expected goals for uh the league average is 83.9 i mean they're damn near 100 it's actually insane uh their goals for for five on five strictly five on five is 95 on the season compared to the league average of 79. And those statistics really blew me away because for me, it's like, it's easy to look at something and say, Oh, look, this team scores a lot of goals. Therefore they have a really good offense when they have a 98.4% uh, X XGF. It's, it blows me away because, and their five on five goals are, are 95 on the season. It shows that not only do they, yes, they score a lot, but their players are very smart and they're very well coached because they are taking shots from uh, 98.4% of the time, some of the best positions out on the ice. They're constantly putting themselves in good positions to score and they're, and they're usually doing it far above the league average. So I'm going to channel my uh, ninth grade experience of getting into algebra and going, I'm lost. I'm completely <laughs> lost here. I try. I try to explain it like in a way that I was under. Trust me, man. This stuff loses me too. But I thought it was really fascinating. I was like, "Holy shit, man! These guys are." I was trying to look at numbers, like you know, just across the NHL, and uh, this number just stood out to me because the discrepancy between the league average uh, for their five-on-five goal scoring is like far superior to the rest of the NHL for the most part. All right, so I'm, I'm, I just I went into your notes and I'm reading this. A statistic based on where the shots are coming from compared to the league-wide shooting percentage for that shot location. Yeah, so it's it's specific shot location, and then it's for and then you can look at for five on five, and then it tells you like expected goals and the percentage. They're at ninety-eight point four league average, like eighty-three point seven or something like that. You know that GIF of uh, I think it's from oh gosh Zach Alfinakis in the uh hangover and he's like doing the calculations and they're all flying around in his head yes yes yes, says, yes yes that is jeff janusic right now going like <laughs> first of all who invented this stat how are you even thinking about this and where like are i have to dive deeper into this and go like are there like sp- is it every single inch of the ice is it like six specific areas yeah like, the point, like, is it like the circle, the, you know, like the hash marks, like how the hell do they figure this out? Who's doing this? Who let, who let this nerd into the, <laughs> into the NHL database to start figuring this stuff out? And how did, like, how, I don't, I don't understand that. Like Listen, it's the fine folks over at uh, hockeyreference.com. They know their shit, but no, I'm Jesus. with you. I'm like, how do you even measure that? And in my mind, because the game moves so fast, 
that you would have to watch hours and hours and hours of tape to be able to even try to formulate a way to do all this? Like, are you only looking at like danger zone chances? Like, how do you even break this down? I have no idea. But again, I wanted to share with you because their numbers um, are are far superior to, to the majority of the NHL. And it just shows that not only do they do they score a lot, but there's a reason for that. They they're smart players and they're coached well. And when they when they shoot, like they're they're looking to score and they usually do. Uh, here's my uh, really in-depth stat is uh, Yevgeny Malkin has uh, played seven games. He's got seven points. How about that for stats? That's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. That is like so it. I'm going to say this is like, um, you know, like uh, I have a financial advisor because I have no clue about the stock market. So that's why I have somebody else to handle my retirement funds. Um, yep. I'm going to hire you <laughs> as my statistical advisor. And Deal. you can you can keep bringing this stuff to the table and talking about this because like I will never be able to explain anything like that. So you're officially hired and you can totally get a percentage of the podcast revenue. Uh, you can have more of it from me. So let's <laughs> so like I owe you like six bucks for this episode. So pretty awesome. All good, man. Anyways, yeah, uh, long story short, the penguins are good. And uh <laughs> yeah, so we played them before they kicked the shit out of us, and hopefully they don't do it again. And uh and we'll see if the Kraken can surprise can surprise us. And yes, the game is in Pittsburgh. So Saturday, that's Thursday night in Pittsburgh. Then we go uh North, I guess, right? To, Northeast, yeah, Northeast. Yep, Long Island to play the Islanders. This is a team I've always loved. Um, they went to the Stanley Cup final um, last year. Was it last year? Was it last year? Yes. Yes, it was last year. I don't know what it uh, was anymore. Again, I know, right? Against the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. But they have not done all that great nope. this year. Um, so they are a middle-of-the-road kind of a playoff team possibly no they're not i'm sorry wait actually no what am i talking about they're not even close to playoffs they're, no, they're not no so this is not a playoff team as of right now they were awesome last year they can't figure it out this year and we get to play them on saturday night i uh, this team is really weird because if you just look at their record 14 14 and 6 34 points on the season seventh in the metropolitan uh division but if you just look at that you would say oh, they're, you know, bottom to middle of the pack kind of a team. What's really interesting to me about the Islanders, and I'm sure if, you know, Islanders hear this, like, yeah, no shit, we've been screaming this on the fucking top of our lungs. Jeff, they are the worst goal-scoring team in the NHL. They have 80 goals on the entire season, but they are the best team in the NHL in goals against. They have only allowed 91 goals on the entire season. They have phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal uh, goaltending, and they can't score any goals. Like, can you imagine the Islanders if they were to get like a forward or two and a goal scoring center or something along those lines? It'd be fucking unstoppable. I mean, it's literally like night and day. They're either first or they're 32nd in the league. And uh, yeah, their their goalies are a lot of fun to watch. Well, they started like offensively go downhill a few years back when John Tavares went to the Maple Leafs um, to kind of, you know, cement that team as a super team and uh he he's amazing right and since then they've kind of just you know had nothing but like you said they've got high-end goaltending so you know i think that's that's a must win to me that's a must win you got to yes. win that game you got to go in there and win that game if the kraken got something going and they're becoming a gelled team i need to see them beat the islanders i mean the penguins are, you know all right you know but i, I gotta see you beat the islanders yeah, absolutely, man. I'm with it. That, that game will be interesting to watch. And then the very next night, 
uh, Madison Square Garden. Uh, the Kraken are visiting the New York Mother Effin Rangers. Yep, they're top of the Metropolitan Division. This is a good team. They are physical. Well, shoot, you should describe them, dude, because you saw them in person uh, on the ice. And we'll talk more about your New York experience. But um, part of that was seeing your first ever NHL game last week, the Leafs taking on the Rangers at MSG. What did you notice about the Rangers? What was it like watching, you know, a puck get thrown around with world-class hockey players? Like, what was that experience like for you? This is going to sound kind of cliche because when people talk about what they first notice when they go to an NHL game is the size and the speed of the players. But it really is the first thing that I noticed. I mean, it, it really is like how fast like they're slinging the puck around, how big the guys are, uh, how how quick they're skating around on the ice, the level of skill involved. It's really, really impressive. Um, other takeaways, Madison Square Garden is a ton of fucking fun, and the Rangers are really good. They currently sit, they're 27-11-4, like you mentioned, they're first in their division. That place is packed. It doesn't matter if it's on a weeknight or a weekend. It's going to sell out. Uh, they have one of, if not the best defenseman in the league, and Adam Fox. Um, he, he, has, he has 45 points on the season. Uh, he's a beast. He's also on my fantasy team. So shout out Adam Fox. Please don't destroy the Kraken. I would like the Kraken to, to take one in New York. Um, it, it was great, man. Like my, my personal experience was just I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I had a fucking blast. Uh, the fans there are absolutely insane. Um, I don't know the guy's name, but they have like this bald dude who looks like he's like in his upper 60s who like goes in one of the terminals and just dances like a fucking maniac. And every time he does it, they put it on like the jumbotrons and the whole crowd starts going ballistic. And so whenever he does that, uh, the 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 running joke is um, amongst the other amongst the fans is that actually when he starts doing that he jinxes the Rangers and they lose. So while he's doing that, he's being heckled by other Rangers fans telling him to sit down and stop dancing. But he does it every game. So hopefully this uh, the ball dude can uh, dance his way to a to a cracking victory. Is there anything more New York than that? No, it, I mean it was incredible. I mean like the 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 demographic there it was either like little little kids with their dads or 70-year-old men who are hammered. And when I say heckling it was the opposing team, the Rangers. Like they would make a bad pass and a guy would stand up he's like that's why you're getting fucking traded. Like like and no one like bats an eye. I mean like it's literally like like it's the complete opposite of like a, a Seattle kind of a thing. Like if you were to see somebody in cracking gear at Climate Pledge Arena heckling like gourd on a bad pass that like you would never see that like i can't even wrap my mind around an instance like that happening it's very common i think it's hilarious um and it was a lot of fun to watch so yeah I i'm excited to see how this game goes um the, the rangers are a very very good team so let's see what the kraken do at madison square garden yeah they're uh they're very very physical um uh, Truba, watch out for him. Defenseman who like just trucks people. The Truba truck, that guy can just destroy folks. Um, let me ask you this: Is beer prices uh, higher or lower at MSG than <laughs> so Climate <I> Pledge? <laughs> okay, so uh, I'll make this story quick. So I'm walking up, and I'm on the second level. I'm like center ice, and I'm walking up, and I'm walking up all these steps. And I'm like kind of huffing and puffing because I was I was running late. Like when I got there, like the puck had already dropped. It's like like five minutes in, and the range is already down to nothing. So everyone, the whole crowd's already like in a weird place. And I'm walking up to my seat, and I get like called out by again a, a man who appeared to be in his 70s. And he looks at me. He goes, "You know, there's an elevator up here, right?" And I'm like, "Oh, no, I didn't. Now I do. Thank you for letting me know." So long story short, 
I go to get um, go to use the restroom and go use the elevator, discover that it is in fact a handicap elevator, but people are just using it to go to and from the concourse where they can buy their alcohol. So now <laughs> I am one of the degenerates who is using the elevator to go to and from uh, where I can buy my booze. But I also discover that there is a bar at the very top of the level. So I come up from the elevator, I go up to the bar, and the bartender's there, and he's like, hey, it's last call because they don't serve in the third period. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to get me a vodka cranberry. You know, then they make the joke from the departed. What is it? Your period. Ha ha ha. So I'm like, I get a, a, a vodka cranberry. I'm like, hey, can you make it? Can you make it really strong for me and my friend? And he's like, hey, there's somebody. He's like, you see that girl over here? And he points to a girl who's sitting with him, who's like watching him bartend, but she's really on her phone. And I was like, yeah, he goes, that's my manager. She's not just sitting there just to sit there. She's monitoring my pores. Like they're actually really strict about how they pour their alcohol. Sure. Here. And I'm like, all right, cool. So he's like, you know what? He's like, she's not really paying attention. Just do me a favor and just like take care of me, tip me really well. I'm like, all right, cool. So he proceeds to pour like the two biggest cups I've ever seen of all vodka. I mean, I'm drinking like a vodka, a vodka like quadruple at this point. And it was again for last call. So we get two of those. And uh, that was the most roundabout way of saying those two drinks cost me $60 after tip. So uh, uh, Kraken fans who are paying, you know, uh, 10 to $15 for a, for a white claw, uh, go to Madison Square Garden and get some perspective because those two drinks cost me 60 bucks. Yeah, but you're thinking about it it's like really. And I'm sure you guys finished it because it sounds like you had a pretty epic time. Oh, yeah. Um, they were coming before the third was over. Absolutely. That was like really eight drinks probably. So it yeah. works out. But also too, yeah. uh, another new, very New York moment is that bartender and his manager quotes in air quotes, they're probably running that scam. Like oh, yeah, they did not seem real at all. Um, but we were pressed for time and I wasn't going to, you know, do the whole thing. No. I'm like, you know, what? this makes for a good story. If you pour me, you know, pour me a really stiff drink, I'll, I'll give you a tip and be on my way. You did the right, you know, I'm not knocking you at all. You did the right move. I'm just thinking yeah. like that, that guy being like, Hey, this one manager over there, you know what I'm saying? Like she's <laughs> over there in the corner and they, he's on a, it's really like his girlfriend who's just waiting for him to get done with his shift. And uh, it's like, you know, but if you tip me really well, I'll tell you what, I'll just take care. You know what I'm saying? And he doesn't give a shit. He's just like, ah, whatever. This is, I'm, I'm this. Was it, was it good vodka? Um, you I, don't, oh, don't you remember. Know, it, it was, it was Tito's. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's not the worst. Like I, I enjoy some Tito's. Yeah. It was a, uh, you know, Tito's quadruple with a splash of cranberry. So <laughs> yeah, you're not getting like, you're not getting like the Burnett's bottom shelf plastic Oh Jesus, bottle. no, if they were doing that, I'm like, you should be paying me to drink this. Like this, I should, you should be paying me to take this off your inventory. Cause I'm going to vomit and, and not even just from being drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Kraken play the Rangers and that's kind of the, the week that's going to be of the Kraken. I mean, we're already here. Um, we should just get right into it is, is continuing to talk about your, your New York trip. We don't have to break down everything here, but I mean, was there anything else that you took away from Madison Square Garden and watching the hockey game? Was it everything? Did it live up to your own hype in your head uh, being a newer hockey fan? Uh, were you like a little sad that it wasn't the Kraken? Could you get into it? Was it just like something like what was it like experiencing that game? No, for me, for the for it being the first ever hockey game that I've been to. In a way, I was actually glad that it wasn't the Kraken because I was just able to kind of, you know, take in the whole experience and kind of immerse myself mm -hmm. and just kind of get lost in everything versus I would have been so focused on how the Kraken are doing and, you know, just like kind of yeah. breaking down the game. I would have been like in podcast mode. I would have been definitely taking notes on my phone for us to talk about later on. Mm -hmm. So it, it freed me to enjoy the game a lot more. Um, if, if, if someone gets the chance to go, go. I mean, it's it really is the Mecca for a reason. It was an incredible time. 
Um, I thought their uh, their intermission entertainment I think is fucking hilarious. They uh, for for the first intermission they had fucking DJ Pauly D show up and like oh, do yeah. a do a full on uh, EDM set. And he was throwing, you know, he was throwing all the the hot hits from 2013. Like he's still doing DJ Pauly D things. And and uh, shout out to Vinny, also from Jersey Shore, who was there, was standing right behind him, just fist bumping for literally the entire intermission. So that was oh, hilarious. Yeah. I love that. Um, the crowd was actually very indifferent towards it. They're like, oh look, fucking uh, Pauly D. I just thought it was funny. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it's a great, great venue. Um, another takeaway is uh, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Those fans travel, so I'm starting to think. Because I've seen what the Blue Jays fans do um, against the against the Mariners when they when they come to T-Mobile Park, and there were a lot of Leafs fans there, and I made a mental note like, okay, uh, they, these uh these Canadians don't fuck around, man. They really travel for their team. They are very prideful. They were also very scared to say anything out loud because the one time that I saw a Leafs fan, because you spot them everywhere, because they're all wearing the sweaters, mm-hmm. but. With the first time that I saw a Leafs fan actually like clapping for something that Toronto did, that person had like five Rangers fans being like, sit the fuck down. We'll fuck you up. Like, <laughs> so it's a very, it is an intimidating environment. Like if you go there and you're actively rooting for the other team and you catch, you know, the wrong guy and he's had, you know, three quadruple vodka uh, cranberries, it's, it's, it's going to go down. Like it's not going to, it's not going to go well for you. So uh, be, on your, be on your P's and Q's. That's all. Well, the Leafs uh, and their fans, they come to play the Kraken on Valentine's Day, uh, which is which is kind of cool. So we maybe get to see some of those Leafs fans, which we kind of compared to like, you know, Yankees fans, that sort of thing. So like it's you would you if you went to go see the Kraken there, would you wear a Kraken jersey? I would. I would wear a Kraken jersey, I like but I would tough also guy, be, huh? Tough guy, a big tough guy, huh? Yeah, no, I would. Uh, it's probably a death sentence. No, but I, I feel like there is a way that you can watch your team and root for them but also still be cognizant like okay like i need to be aware of the fact that like i am in the middle of new york right now uh rangers fans take their team very seriously and if i do catch the wrong person um you know uh, things could go south so but i think as long as you're being respectful it's honestly fine because i took it as like yeah they were kind of giving that guy shit and uh tell him to sit the fuck down we'll fuck you up but it, it didn't it didn't actually come across like we're going to fist fight you now. But I think that if you are, if you are, you know, like being disrespectful during the game and you're wearing opponent gear, then I think it, it, there's a very good chance that it could be on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that what did you, did you, did you understand everything about the game? Cause like you've, you've just, you've come to learn. I mean, I don't know what you don't know about hockey yet. Cause you've really just absorbed almost everything. Did you know what was up the entire time? Uh, yeah, for the most part, I felt pretty good. In fact, there was at one point, uh, and I forget the players that were involved, but something happened on the ice really quick, and I literally stood up and I was like, "That's fucking tripping!" Like just out of out of instinct, like catching it, and then uh, it, it got called out on the ice, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I'm at a point now yeah. where I can start to, yes. where, I start to, where I start to see penalties, and I'm sitting like you know, second level all the way up, like uh, in the, uh, against the back. So I'm like, okay, I'm starting to spot things, you know, uh, from kind of high up. So I, I felt pretty good, man, about the hockey knowledge. Like I was able to enjoy the game and point some stuff out. Oh, and also Rangers fans, they love themselves some Igor. They're a goalie. Like the entire time it's Igor, Igor, e-, and Igor, like got on a heater at one point. Um, the maybe smoking a cigarette. What, what? He was smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette. 
Yeah, a heater. You know, like taking that. You know. Oh, you know, okay. I was I'm like, sorry, I've never heard that before. Yeah, yeah I could yeah. totally see a New York Rangers goalie seeing <laughs> like, "Hey, man, what's going? Hey, all right, go. Let's, uh, I'm gonna take a little smoke break for hey, a second. No, he. But to his credit, like especially in the third, the Maple Leafs kept trying to come back, and he just had some miraculous saves, and the whole place was just going nuts and chanting his name. So that has to feel pretty fucking cool if you're if you're him. That is cool, man. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Any other takeaways? Anything that you could see? Uh, would would you steal anything from a Rangers game to have at Climate Pledge Arena? Oh man, I don't know if they have. I don't know if they have anything that you can like take away, but they do have like a I mean a shit ton of souvenir shops and stuff. So if you want to like go in and get like a little pin or something, I don't know, like a little postcard, you can do something like that. Um, I would not recommend stealing it because I just I feel like New York is not the place that you want to like fuck around and get caught. <laughs> like, that's, no, that's no. not a place where you like want to get cute and try to like take a souvenir or whatever. Like you're you're definitely on their turf and things are going by by their rules. So, yeah, no, no. It's like uh, it, there's officially at MSG. Um, they have signs up. This is like, you know, like in most places, like uh, shoplifters will be prosecuted. It says they just have signs everywhere. that says like, fuck around and find out. That's it. That's how intense it is. <laughs> that's really? That's yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. It's an old school. I- I've never been, so I can't really say, but I, from what I hear is this is an old school hockey barn. And like you said, it's like a bunch of old guys that are drunk and hammered. They're like, they've been watching hockey their whole life. They've earned the right to, to, to make fun of and call out anything that they want, whether it's the opposing team or the Rangers, you know, whatever it might be. So that's pretty cool. Do you see any celebrities beside uh, DJ Pauly D? No, that was a highlight celebrity thing. You know, okay. So I will say that was um, cool though. I I would be pretty pumped. It was that. still random. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm not, not against this. I mean, you know, usually during intermission, I'm, you know, just sitting on my couch at the house. At least now I have DJ Pauly D doing his thing. Uh, Vinny's there fist bumping. No, um, to give them a lot of, to give them, continue to give them some more credit. Uh, Rangers fans are fucking knowledgeable. Like you, you were saying like old school hockey heads, everyone there, even like the, there was like a little kid who was right next to me. They knew so much about the team and about the game and were like calling stuff out loud and talking to each other. Uh, they clearly love the game and they love their team and they're very knowledgeable about it. I did see, and this is, um, not Ranger game related. I did see Bo Burnham uh, in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. So that was pretty cool. That was a really random moment. It's either that or he has an identical twin. And I'm talking like identical, identical, but I'm like 99.9% positive. It was Bo Burnham. I didn't say anything. He was walking and doing his thing. So I just, and he was walking by himself with the AirPods. in, so I let it go. Who is that? I don't know who that is. Oh man. He's a, he's a comedian. He's hilarious. Uh, okay. He has some Netflix specials that are that are awesome. People that know Bo Burnham are um, it, it either goes one way or the other. Like you either are a diehard and you think he's brilliant, or you're like, "Yeah, this isn't for me" because there's like some singing and shit involved. And I get that. Okay, I'm gonna check him out. I love I love uh, listening to stand up, so I'm gonna have to check that. I I, I kind of stay in the same like I'm in the old guy rut where I like listen to the same like you know Stone Temple Pilots, this 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 and this. I need to find some new stuff. So with the comedian stuff, I need to find, you know, I'm, I'm doing Chris Rock, you know, the classics like, you know, Mitch Hedberg, all that, but I need to find some new stuff. So I'm Bo Burnham. I'm gonna check that out. That's cool. All right, good. dude. What a cool trip. Now the rest of the trip. I mean, like we don't have to get too into it. I was following your Twitter. Sounds like, you, and you told me, like you said, verbatim, you went on a bender. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to bring up this one thing. Uh, you know, we can make a whole episode about uh, the New York thing. Um, and I might ask you a few other highlight questions, but like, what is up with, 
the whole Saturday, I think Saturday night, you tweeted something about uh, taking an edible from a stranger that given yes. to you like in a comedy club and then you barfed all night in a McDonald's bathroom. Yeah, not only like threw up all night, but I spent a good hour and change. I'm not proud of it, but I spent a good hour and change on a McDonald's floor bathroom and apparently in an area that is not the best area either. And I didn't care. I was just, I was too gone. And so what, so what happened was, so what happened was I'm at the, I'm at the comedy cellar and I've been having, you know, I'm having, I've been having some drinks. And for those that don't know, like one, I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy, but the comedy cellar is you could argue the most famous uh, place to go and catch comedy uh, in New York. And I want to go see the late night set because the late night set is the one where people will pop in. So you will have people like Aziz Ansari and Dave Chappelle and all that. They'll pop in because they go there to practice their material. So I've been out drinking. Um, I, I, I catch a ride. I'm, I'm at the comedy cellar. I sit down. I'm there for maybe three minutes. And there's a, there's, you know, you're kind of sitting with other people at a table. It's a really small venue. And I'm at the table and I look over and a guy who I'm not there with, I have no idea who he is, but he hands me this giant Ziploc bag full of gummies. And I'm like, Oh shit. Thanks man. And he's like, yeah, do you want some? I'm like, absolutely. Long story. Uh, waitress comes by. She sees me and I, I'm literally caught holding the bag. And she looks at me and she goes, are you fucking joking right now? And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to get kicked out. And it's a long story short, but I was there a couple nights prior and I also got kicked out, like kicked out, kicked out. I, I didn't see the show. So what? I'm thinking to myself, here we go again. I'm getting kicked out of the comedy cellar. This is the second time. Like, it's just not meant to be. So anyways, long story short, she ends up like throwing the bag back on the table. It's like, you guys like put the shit away. You can, you know, eat as much as you want after the show, but you know, just not now. We're like, all right, cool. Whatever. Well, then the guy high fives me. And as he does, he like slips the edible like into my hand. And so I'm like, oh shit. Like he, he's in don't give a fuck mode. And I've been drinking and I usually say yes to everything when I am. And so I like go to the bathroom. And as I'm going to the bathroom, I pull it out and I start eating it. And I'm like, ah, fuck it. Down the hatch, the whole thing, whatever. Uh, go back to the show, completely forget that I've eaten said, uh, said gummy, whatever. And the show goes great. Like I remember all of it. I'm, I'm having a great time. I have multiple Negronis. Um, you know, the the have a have a blast. Like David Tell, a famous comedian, he had yeah. on the way out. Like him and I like, high five each other, and I was like a like a fanboy moment for me because I've cool. always, always wanted to see David Tell. The second that the show is over and they turn the lights on, I stand up. Literally, New York was upside down in my head. It was the worst experience because I remembered all of it, but I was just a, just aware enough to know. Oh no! Like I'm very sick right now. And like literally the world was spinning and I had a very hard time uh, making it back to Brooklyn because I could not stop getting sick. I, I tried to get in an Uber. I couldn't do it. I said, you're going to have to let me out. I'm going to get sick. I go to McDonald's bathroom in there for like an hour. People are knock on the door being like, I got to pee. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not leaving this bathroom. You're going to have to find somewhere else to pee because I'm not doing good in here. And if I was get somebody out, with you. Yeah, I had a I had a friend with me who was like making sure I was okay. But when I went in the bathroom, I shut it and I locked the door. And it was a single bathroom. So I'm literally in there by myself and just not doing well. 
and uh yeah finally made it uh made it back um made it back to brooklyn but it was a long night man i don't recommend uh you know sleeping or laying on uh, the bathroom floor of a mcdonald's it was like i was like actively trying to get COVID at this point it's like what 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 the hell's wrong oh, with me? you got worse than COVID, i'm sure yeah i i yeah i like made a made a dumb joke where i was like i'm probably gonna fly back to new orleans and like have some new strand they're going to have to study and they're going to contact contract uh contact trace it back to me and it's going to be back in that McDonald's bathroom. But man, I was in, I was in a really bad spot and uh, I'm also an idiot. Cause I said, yes. And I ate the whole thing. And uh, however much was in it, whatever strand, my body did not like it and everything shut down. So, okay. Look, look I'm just going to be completely now we're skipping New York. We're just talking. So this is like, what is this? Like a, a, a weed, weed edible is it or yeah. what? Yeah. Like, you don't know. Like yeah. you, you assume, right. That's what you mean by edible. Okay. So it's hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the other thing is like, was I this? All, I did also get a hold of uh, mushroom chocolates while I was out there, but Jesus. that was <laughs> that was a that was a, on a different night, and everything was totally fine with that because like I knew how much um, I was eating. It was all spaced out. It was also like with friends, so I knew it wasn't like a random stranger like handing me a bag of mushrooms. Like, all right, cool, let's do this. And now I'm basically <laughs> just admitting to a bunch of illegal activities. I'm gonna stop talking. No, so if we go to Seattle to see a hockey game, please don't give Joey anything. Okay. <laughs> Number one, I'm not doing say, it. I will say yes. I will not. I'm I'm just drinking. <laughs> if it's booze, all right. So I guess it could be it could be totally spiked with something. But anyway, yeah. the all right. So what do we I feel like I'm talking to one of my kids? Joey, have yes. fun, enjoy life. But what did you learn <sighs> at the comedy cellar? Yeah, do not do not take a, a giant Ziploc bag full of edibles from a stranger. It is it is not going to go. It's not going to go well for you. If you, if you do drugs, do them with your friends. I don't know why I'm envisioning this, but I envision like that hand slap to be like for some reason both your hands are probably like really sweaty, like just like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just imagine like this guy who's like a got a I don't know why, but like he's you know got I, I picture him bald, probably a little overweight, and he's like just you know like just got the sweatiest hands on the planet and you're just no like, we just it was like a random table of like a like financial district bros who were there just having a good time and just happened to bring a bunch of edibles with them and wait yeah. did you get handed did you get handed edibles from the wolf of wall street and that might maybe have been it that's, that that's what's going happen. on maybe I, they I were, wish, yeah maybe Okay. All right. Uh, so wait, I, I, I got so many more questions I and mean, we got to do more talky yeah. stuff, but I got, <laughs> so wait, why did you get kicked out the first night a few nights back? Well, it was okay. So roundabout way of saying it one, I didn't do anything. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm oh, always, I didn't do nothing. <laughs> so I'm with a friend. We're there. It's the very first comic on, on the night. The comic is doing like a set about Postmates and the comics like blah, blah, blah. But then the, then, then as the, as he's doing the set starts to ask the crowd and he's doing it in a way to get them to interact. My friend, not sober, starts interacting. It's like, yeah, cause they fucking suck. Like Postmates never delivers on time, blah, blah, blah. And so now they start going back and forth and we've literally been there for three. Like we just sat down at the table. So now they're already kind of going back and forth. It didn't come like to me, it didn't come across as heckling, but I could feel like, for me, I'm like watching it happen. I could feel the vibe in the room and the vibe in the room was like, no one wants this to happen right now. Like no one wants like this random person to be interacting with a comedian on stage. And at one point, because it went on for like 30 seconds, at one point in the middle of it, she looked over at me and I literally said, hey, dude, shut the fuck up. Like we're going <laughs> to because we're going to get kicked out. Like, I can feel it happening. I'm like, Everything that you think is happening is not happening. Were like, you no, like doing the, like, the, no, I, the cross I your the, neck? Like, no, stop. I did like, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. I did, yeah. The, I did the cross the neck. I said, shut the fuck up. 
And then I said, everything that you think is happening right now is not happening. Like no one, no one thinks this is funny. No one wants this. Lo and behold, literally a minute later, um, we, uh, the waitress came over and was like, yeah, you guys are going to have to go. And like, that was it. And, and, uh, it, it was like the nicest, you know, I mean, like we were very cordial. I literally didn't say anything. I said, Hey, I'm really sorry. I stood up and uh, put on my coat and I walked out like that was it. And from what I have also been told from multiple people is that the comedy seller in New York does not fuck around. They will throw people out for literally anything because they they take that venue very seriously you know honestly though like as they should like people shouldn't be there even if the comedian's like asking for it if it goes a little bit above and beyond what they're asking for you're gonna get tossed if you're too drunk you're gonna get tossed um you know ziploc bag full of drugs gonna get tossed maybe um (laughs) so yeah i i learned that very quickly and uh even on the second night that i went there in the very beginning they said they said um Please keep like talking to a minimum because even if you are whispering, you can hear it because the the venue is so small. Like it's such an intimate space that like literally you can hear every conversation happening in the dining room as the comic is performing. And they wow. flat out and they flat out said, if you're talking at all during the sets, we do have the right to toss you and we will. So lesson learned. Like if you go to the comedy cellar, be on your P's and Q's. That's pretty well, that's cool. What an epic story jesus like first of all i'd be nervous like just having a beer and going around new york city and trying to get places here you are just rolling (laughs) and be like i'm gonna be here here like so props to you for being like a world traveler now as far as like you know non-illegal activities what any other really cool highlights real quick like was there a cool restaurant or a cool food experience or you know yeah like uh sat down and had some really great meals new york has just amazing restaurants i went to a a new peruvian spot that was called i think it's like called popular something like that which the name fucking sucks but the the food was great like it was it was great oh oh, and i got lucky because they're doing restaurant week right now so i actually caught them during restaurant week so a lot of restaurants you know you can do three or four course meals everything's a lot cheaper blah 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 um I don't know. I, I discovered, uh, I, I, I visited many a bar. There was one bar in particular called Swift. And uh, that that was my favorite uh, that I discovered. And then uh, other food, pizza. I mean, I, I ate a lot of pizza, lactose intolerant, just said YOLO. Um, there was the, the second or third night I was there, I don't remember which, but uh, one of the friends ordered Prince Street Pizza to the bar. And holy shit. This pizza was so incredible. And it wasn't like the New York style, like by the slice. It was like the deep square pizza. And um, that was a game changer. That was really, really, really good. So oh, I, okay. uh, I will I will forever remember and seek out Prince Street, Prince Street Pizza whenever I am in New York because it was it was pretty eye opening. It was a da- it was a damn good pie. And also, like, you know, they delivered it right to a bar. So everyone just kind of drunkenly got to tear into it and have a good night. Nice. So overall, everything you hoped it was going to be and more. I mean, do you? Yeah, man. uh, Like, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, that's just pretty much it. That's it. Yeah. Like, that's pretty much it. And like, I've been a handful of times. I haven't been back in six years or so. And I will say, I was having, I was, I've had this conversation now with a couple of people when I was saying that, like, the whole thing about New York having mean people, I disagree, I actually disagree with because everybody that I have met there, has actually been incredible incredibly nice and accommodating but it's a very real city so if you are very real with them they'll they will be very real with you and i think that they kind of can smell out bullshit a lot easier than 
than other people can. And so I've never had an experience where someone was legitimately rude to me in New York. So I think that whole stereotype is bullshit. I think that people that are very real and very authentic. And if you're real and authentic with them, they'll love you right back. Hmm, that's well, that's great, man. Well, I'm glad you're back. Uh, hopefully you can, uh, you know, take it easy this week and, um, you know, rest up a little bit and you don't get uh, McDonald's bathroom COVID. <laughs> you don't come down with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to throw something in here, like uh, non-New York related. There's some breaking news going on right now, actually. I just saw it on Twitter. Again, what? we record on Monday night. Um, I don't know if you saw this earlier or not, and I guess you you haven't, but um, this, I just saw it. It popped up in Twitter and saw everybody in, you know, hashtag C Kraken world is talking about Turbo coming back. Wait, what? Like coming back to play? He had a season-ending season ending injury, right? So what's going on? We'll update you on the next episode of What <laughs> Lies Beneath. No, uh, actually, it's uh, it is true. He's coming back, but no, he's still recovering from his torn ACL. He is going to join, I think, and I'm just kind of reading this right now. I got to read this, you know, kind of live as we're recording. Is uh, uh, the television broadcast team? Oh, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. He's he he basically said uh, today he talked to the media and he said that he. Uh, wants to continue connecting with the Seattle fans and the city of Seattle. And he's going to do some fun stuff with the Kraken broadcast. So like, I'm looking for uh, an official, uh, this the story that I've, I've got. It doesn't say exactly what's going on. Let's see. Uh, let's see. The Kraken announced Monday that Tanev will be taking on an outreach role with the team while continuing his recovery from surgery to repair a torn ACL. He was injured on the 18th in Edmonton. Um, there's some more stuff like that. Uh, he says the medical team is treating him well. Uh, he doesn't seem to have an official title, but ambassador might be the best description. Uh, it, it could include stopping at a youth hockey clinic, jumping on virtual meetings with season ticket holders, um, making appearances at another outreach event. His most visible role to the masses, though, will be on TV. He's expected to occasionally join the team's local TV broadcasts. Uh, this is all via, let's see here uh forgive me for i don't know what this is this looks like it is i don't know what this uh publication is so forgive me um they may have poached that story from something else looks like an indian poach job but anyway um i'm gonna say this is it looks like it's gonna happen which is cool so has this um have you ever seen this done before where where a star player goes down and while they are recovering you know, from a from a surgery or just getting right that the the hockey team is like, hey, do you want to start doing some broadcasting stuff for us? Because the fans love it and just makes sense. I don't like this is all new to me and I, I'm in love with it. And for me, I'm like, this is why I love the Seattle Kraken, because if I'm working in the organization, I don't think I would have the thought to bring on Turbo as a, you know, as somebody who can like, you know, be a Quanqua ambassador and reconnect with the fans and kind of continue to show his face while he's recovering from injury. This is awesome. Like I, I'm in total in love with this. It's great. Well, he, uh, he knows and it's cool. Like he, he knows and that he's, you know, the heart of the city, the heart of the Kraken fanship and, you know, you know, people love everything he does and they think he's hilarious. So, you know, kudos to him for, uh, fully accepting that and doing, you know, the things that makes him a beloved Kraken player. And, you know, being fun and doing fun stuff and joining the team. So that's going to be pretty exciting. So breaking news right there. 
Turbo, Brandon Tanev, still recovering from ACL uh, repair surgery. He's going to be out off the ice for a long time, but you're going to see him uh, doing some cracking media and being on TV, which is pretty awesome. Hell yeah. So that's really cool news. All right. So other sporting news, um, as you may have known, uh, I mean, you probably most likely, maybe you don't have a dog in the fight right now, but here we are. We're watching the NFL. We're heading towards championship weekend. We got the AFC and NFC championship games, which I'm pretty pumped about. I got to say, uh, who day, um, really loving the Bengals right now, loving what they're doing. there. just a great team, which is really, really super cool. Big, but, big Joe. Yep. Big Dick Joe Burrow. You saw, did you watch any of that game? Did you see he had his LSU, he had an LSU Tigers bracelet on. I, I did see that. I, yeah, I'm rooting for them um, all the way. I also really do enjoy the Chiefs. The Chiefs and Bills game was fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I like to root for the underdog. So I'm, I'm rooting for team Joe. Plus, you know, he has the, he has the ties to Louisiana and mm -hmm. he's just an awesome dude. He's such a stud. The fact that he's doing all this with no offensive line is insane. Well, that's a it's a great it's really a good football team. Their defense is is good, and um, they've got like you know Jamar Chase, who's you know just incredible, um, you know one of the best ever rookie seasons for a a wide receiver. Also from LSU, uh, the Bengals are really I think I think they win. I think they win in Kansas City. I think they're going to do it. Um, I think they're going to they're going to show what's up. They I think they beat the Chiefs already this year. They they're going to do it. I'm going the opposite though. I'm feeling the Chiefs on this. So, okay. you know, all right, we'll put, we'll come with, how about a little bet? And speaking of bets, uh, we'll, we'll figure this out, Joey, but, uh, you know, we are really proud to be brought to you, uh, by DraftKings Sportsbook. And of course they are, uh, uh, part of the hockey podcast network too. They are an official sports betting partner of the NFL and they are celebrating the NFL playoffs uh, with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just 5 bucks, get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just 5 bucks and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You've got to be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So there you go. We're watching some NFL games, some uh, cracking games this week. And we talked about it a little earlier. And we actually had a really awesome, no dumb question. question. It was DM'd to us via Twitter. Yeah, you can talk with us. We have tons of conversation. Ask any question you want at Kraken Pod. And after watching that St. Louis game with Vince Dunn doing it dirty against Jordan Cairo, Josh, also known as at Beta or Beta Josh 14D, he asks, What is a slew foot? 
keep seeing how Dunn did it and how dangerous it is, <laughs> but not sure what it is referring to. So thanks, Josh. I really appreciate you sending that question. And again, our podcast is like, you know, we're mostly uh, an, an, for new hockey fans, right? New Kraken fans. You're new to hockey. You don't understand something. We will either answer it off the top of our heads or research it for you. So we are here for you. Ask any question. Don't be afraid, Josh. That's awesome. Joey has actually looked this up. What is the technical definition, Joey, of a slew foot? Yeah. So a slew foot in hockey, and I didn't know this either. So I really appreciate this as well. So a slew foot in hockey is an action where a player comes from behind an opposing player and trips him using his leg or skate while, and oftentimes also using his upper body or arms to further knock the opposing player off balance. Usually the victim of the action will fall to the ice. This will cause a potential, uh, which can obviously cause a potential injury. Um, they can be especially dangerous if the victim of the slew foot falls backwards onto the ice. The result of a slew foot in hockey is usually a two minute minor, uh, but they um, have also given out five minute majors uh, depending on the severity of it. You know, how hard this you know, uh, opposing player hits the ice or how, uh, how injured they become because of it. And something that I also uh, wanted to share just because I, you know, I like to um, see what the, what the refs are doing and how they're calling things and be able to kind of spot it. So the referee signal for the slew foot penalty is actually the tripping signal. So they're going to strike the right leg with their right hand just below with the knee. So they're doing like a downward chopping motion uh, with again, their right hand going down to their right leg just beneath the knee. And that is, uh, and that is how they are going to signal uh, a slew foot. So yeah, that's what it is. So yeah, it's, it's pretty like, yeah, like you said, is, is you are, uh, you know, going up against somebody from the other team and you kind of put your, they're facing you and you kind of put your foot, you know, behind their legs and then you push their body over your foot. So you basically like are kicking out their feet from underneath them. So you're giving them the old slew foot. Like they didn't see it coming. You're just like, Hey, 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 you look at me right here. And you got your foot behind them. And then you like, kind of, it's like something you do to your little brother. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And then he, of course, of course, your little brother uh, who is like, totally accident prone you're just screwing around and you trip him of course he knocks his head on the side of the tv stand and like he's bleeding and like you're totally screwed he's got you know he's got to get stitches and like you gotta like you're just so that's that's what happens you know so it's it's a dirty move the slew foot is a dirty move and actually what's kind of funny is you, you can google this pk suban is probably one of the more famous defensemen in the nhl over the past 10 years um, he plays for the Devils right now. His nickname is PK Sluban because <laughs> seriously, Google it and it'll come up. He is known for giving the old slew foot. And this season, in the first couple of months of the season, he had like three or four incidences where he was doing that. Um, and I think it happened to get like, you know, anything that happens to Toronto because they're just like the whole, you know, they're like the, you know, hockey Jesus of the NHL. Anybody, anything happens, everything that happens in a, uh, in a Toronto Maple Leafs game is picked apart. Well, I think PK Subban, who again has had a history of being dirty in the NHL, he is known for throwing this out there. So, you know, PK Subban, if you really want to see somebody who's good at it and can do it uh, and hide it, that's what pisses people off really is he's so good at it that he can do it and nobody will see it until after it's done. 
He's good at being dirty. I mean, that's he's, basically what it comes down to. And you know what? It's not acceptable to do it unless you're playing against a team that's up five nothing and it's late in the third and they're trying to put six on you. I'm just I'm saying. with again <laughs> to recap, I'm down with Dunner doing that. I love it. He said, get out of my zone. I don't want we don't we're down five nothing. Don't try and score here. But I also understand, you know, if that happened to us in that same exact scenario, I would be pretty pissed off too. So I understand the, the blues being pissed about it. Jordan Cairo is gonna come back uh in a month or so and and uh when we play them in St. Louis it's gonna be pretty pissed. So I thought that this great question from Josh Hopefully that that Josh that answered your question. Thank you for that. Ask your questions at Kraken Pod, uh, Facebook, Twitter, elsewhere too, Instagram, TikTok. We're doing the TikTok uh, for hockey history. This is where you know I like to share something from you know watching hockey over the years and doing a little research here. I thought I'd, I'd talk about some of the dirtiest players in NHL history. So I, I figured we kind of get into that. And and a dirty what's a dirty player? Right, a dirty player is a player that you know, does that little extra, you know, aggravation. That's somebody who's going to give you the extra poke. Who's really good at hiding it from the referees. Who is good with your stick, you know, with the stick and like, you know, putting it in places that are going to hurt. Um, you know, these are the people that are known to be dirty and just somehow get away with it for the most part, or just do really dumb stuff and continually get caught. Now, like currently there's, there's a bunch of players that are known as, you know, being dirty players. Right. Um, I don't know who that would be on the Kraken. Um, is it Vince Dunn? I don't know. I'm going to watch him closely now in these games and see if he's throwing little, you know, little shots out there, but you know, some of the like more well-known players who are super dirty, um, in the NHL, uh, Brad Marchand from the Bruins, who's like their leading scorer. He's also known as the little ball of hate. Um, he, he's the Bruin fans love him and he's really one of the best NHL players because he not only scores, but he does all those things to like get under other teams skin. He's also, he's been very vocal on Twitter. Um, he and the Carolina hurricanes are fighting, um, constantly. Like he's just, he's like outspoken. He's loud. He's like perfect. He's a perfect Bostonian, uh, type dude. So He's pretty dirty. Tom Wilson is a forward for the Capitals. He's had a bunch of incidences over the years. It's like basically anybody who's dirty are, are players who get suspended like over and over again or have multiple suspensions in their career. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, who plays for the Flames, he's a great player, uh, but he's also known as you know kind of being dirty. His dad, uh, Keith Kachuk, way back in the day when I was growing up watching hockey, he was the same type player, man. He played for, I think, the Blues and the Stars. Um, he was a big dude, physical, scored goals, awesome goal scorer, but he was also like, you know, he was doing dirty stuff. Um, Nazem uh, Kadri for the Avs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one also of the best. On my, also on my fantasy team, shout out. <laughs> mm, I know. He just keeps scoring goals, man. Um, he's he's a great offensive player, but that's one of those rare, like a lot of these guys, these, these players are tough guys. They're not like, you know, I mean, I guess they are, you know, they all, they all do have some pretty good offensive powers, but he's, he's had like several suspensions. He's known as like a, a dirty player. Like there's also two like levels of dirty. And this is just all my analysis. This is not research. I mean, this is something that other, you know, I, I'm, this is not groundbreaking, groundbreaking research, but there's like cheap shots. And then there's tough guys who can score and back it up, but are also kind of dirty too. And, um, you know, Kadri is, I think one of those guys who like throws cheap shots and, and, I think around the league is seen as kind of like a shady wuss, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now going back in history, going back in history, there's, there's, there's a lot of names here. Okay. There's a lot of names over history. Um, you know, a lot of these guys were fighters too. 
Um, but some of these guys were just known to be super dirty. And I have personal experience with a lot of them. Um, Ulf Samuelson actually played with the Red Wings. You know, I grew up a Red Wings fan. He played with the Red Wings a little bit. Uh, the Rangers, Penguins, Flyers. He was a dude who was just like, this is old school hockey. This is like, he was playing hockey back in the 90s and the 2000s um, when it was still a little old school. It was kind of a combination of what it is today, but also two like big slow dudes who just like beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> uh, that's all Samuelson. So he was pretty rough. Um, uh, Sean Avery. Sean Avery is somebody who was like, I don't know. Think of like a super controversial sports figure from another like sport right somebody who but also like not only outspoken and says crazy stuff in the press but very dirty on like the field and does crazy stuff on the field too you know so like i don't know who that might be that was sean avery for many years like he i think i just saw something where he started skating again and with a minor league team and he's gotta be i mean 40 um okay. or, or older but sean avery um you know, for 10 years or so was like the most antagonistic player in the NHL, at least for five or six years. I think from like the mid 2000 up to like the, like early 2010s, um, he did crazy stuff. Like he said crazy stuff. Like he would say stuff just to get the press pissed off or to piss off other teams. And that actually kind of like what I forgot the context of it, but like, he basically ended his his run in the NHL in 2012, like with the stars, when he said something about who something about sloppy seconds in the press. Oh god. What, what was it? Was it like a legitimate like burn against another player's girlfriend or something like that? I think it was like that bad. And like that was pretty much when everybody was done with him and he left. But like in his heyday, he was with the Kings and the Rangers. He when he played for the Rangers in New York, he was doing crazy stuff. Like Martin Brodeur, who was one of the greatest goaltenders of all time, played for the Devils for a very long time. Mm -hmm. There's a famous incident, I'll have to Google it and, and send you the YouTube link, but uh where he got right in the face of Martin Brodeur and like during a play, like started dancing around, I think if I remember right. I haven't watched it in a while. <laughs> and like I'm pretty sure Martin Brodeur like flipped out. Um you know, because he's also like French Canadian and, you know, French Canadians are seen as uh, hotheads like Patrick Waugh. Um, and he flipped out on Sean Avery and some crazy stuff happened. I'm totally after this episode's done, I'm going to Google that and watch that and and, and uh, see what's up with that. But Sean Avery is one of those dudes. My personal experience comes from a couple of different things. Todd Bertuzzi, uh, this guy played for the Islanders, the Canucks. He, he got really big with the Canucks. Um, and was like one of the you know best best scores, right? He also had a terrible incident. Um, and this is probably one of the worst incidences in I guess NHL history. Um, he I'll never forget, he was going back and forth with Steve Moore from I believe the Avalanche when he was on the Canucks. I think it was the Avalanche. And Steve Moore was a tough guy for the Avalanche. And they're going back and forth and the game was going on and Bertuzzi came up behind him and cheap shot at him in the back of the head and caught him off guard. And Steve Moore went down like directly. I, I did he go unconscious. I don't know, but he landed on his head and um, he never played hockey again after that night. So that for a long time was like, very controversial. And then of course he got traded to the Red Wings. Um, and I actually loved Todd Bertuzzi for a very personally loved him for a very long time. He did that. I mean, it's, it's pretty dirty. It's not good. I mean, 
when I look back at Tom Bertuzzi, he was always one of my favorite players, but that like arguably not arguably was like really, really bad. So he, he was very tough, scored goals. Um, and that's what a lot of these guys are grinders, right? A grinder is somebody who's like not afraid to go into the net. Who's not afraid to get dirty, take the hits, but also give the hits. Like they're taking the dirty shots from the other dirty players on other teams, but they're in there for a purpose, like to distract the defenseman or to score goals and just like put in rebounds. A lot of tough guys, a lot of dirty players are the guys who are not afraid to go in and get the shit kicked out of them to score goals or do that sort of dirty work, but they also give it to. And the number one, the number one for me um, is Claude Lemieux. Claude Lemieux played for the Canadians and he played for the Avs. And that's my experience with him. So as a Detroit Red Wings fan, so the Red Wings for a very long time were were the dead things, okay? And they were in the mid '80s just terrible. They drafted Steve Eiserman, and they you know started drafting a bunch of other players like Nick Lidstrom. And by the time the the like the early mid '90s came about, they were getting pretty good. Like '94, they were getting pretty good, right? And uh, they went to the finals against the Devils that year in a shortened season because of a lockout. They lost to the the Devils, and then in 1996, they were I think 95 96 season they were in the conference finals against the avalanche and like this gives me chills is Claude the Mew was known as the turtle okay because he would do stuff and when players went to go fight him he would go turtle mode which means he would just jump on the ice and like put his head underneath and literally like turtle shell what? and like hot he was like a wuss he was a fucking pussy is what he was, but he was the dirtiest dude. He was like, to me, this is the dirtiest player in hockey history because this guy, but he was so good at it. If he, I've always asked myself if he was on my team, would I like him? And I don't know. That's hard but, because how can you root for somebody like that? Well, right? here's watching them be so dirty. And then like literally cower as soon as someone wants to retaliate. It's like, dude, at some fucking point, you're going to have to, you're going to have to like defend all the bullshit you're doing. Something will happen like this for you in, in your Kraken, but like history. But this moment for me, 95-96 playoffs. I forget which round it was. Playing the Avs. Claude Muse dirty. Chris Draper. Drapes. Part of the grind line for the Detroit Red Wings. This is like the fourth line that everybody loved because these guys were awesome. You had, you know, Chris Draper. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, God. I, I'm totally not thinking of the names here but anyway like the guys that went out and just did the uh, joey kosher and um oh man there's the other hey, guy hey joey pot over here so that's awesome so yep yep so that's that, that um kirk Maltby. um so you've got chris draper he's on the boards at the bench and he's digging a puck out so like center ice and okay. he's right at i think was it the red wings or avalanche bench claude the mew comes up from behind him. And he's got his head over like, cause you know, so you've watched a lot of hockey now, you know, like, mm -hmm. Oh, at the bench, there's no glass. Cause like, there's, you know, there's a stretch of like 40 feet where there's no glass. Cause that's the guys going in and out of the bench. Right. So like his, he's digging at a puck fight, scrumming for a puck. And he's got his head like over that sort of, um, the bench, um, like the banister, uh, like the railing right there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Claude, the Mew comes in cheap shots, shots him from behind, pushes his face, into the damn bench smashes his face breaks it open blood everywhere insanity like insanity like the cheapest cheapest pussy shit immediately 
players jumped on him and he just turtle shelled. He literally turtle shelled this fucking asshole. Fuck that guy. He, he like pushed out and I think he got kicked out of the game as he should. No, you're getting booted from the game immediately. Like, so you're out on the ice and like every two seconds, some other dudes like trying to beat the fuck out of you. He he gets tossed. The wings lose and the avalanche go on to win the cup. Oh my God. So he so, goes and he goes and wins the Stanley. So fast forward to next spring, Ugh. just before the playoffs start, the Avalanche coming back to play in the next season, they come back to play the Red Wings in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And this was the fucking shit. It was a bloodbath. Everybody fights. I don't remember how long it took in the game, but Darren McCarty, who is one of the best tough guys. Uh, I've met him. Uh, he's one of the best tough guys that the Red Wings have ever had. Um, and he's had substance abuse problems. He's a good dude. He's actually got a podcast, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, he was the tough guy. He comes in and he fucks up Claude Lemieux. And this turned into an entire team on team fight. And the icing, the cherry on top, was Chris Osgood, the Detroit Red Wings goaltender, Patrick Waugh, the Avalanche goaltender, meeting at center ice, skating full speed. This is the yeah. game where they where they skate out to center ice and they start throwing down? Because I've seen the highlight, but I didn't know the context behind it. The context was we fucking hate the Avalanche. The Avalanche hated us, even though, you know, it's Claude the Mew. Claude the Mew gets the shit kicked out of him. He did try to turtle. Darren McCarty gets down on the ice and is throwing like like he's scooping haymakers down into this asshole's turtle shell and bashing him in the head, beats the shit out of him. Everybody's fighting everybody. And that goes to uh, Chris Osgood, who's now part of the Red Wings uh, TV broadcast team, Mm -hmm. beating the shit out of Patrick Waugh. It was awesome. That was the rallying moment that got the Red Wings over the hump and they win their first Stanley cup in like 26 years in 97. And then, they and it was awesome. It was like Darren McCarty scored an epic goal to you know, like uh, in game four against the Flyers, and they go on to win the cup there. That's when Steve Eisman raised the cup. And like, I'm telling you, dude, like, you know, like I got teary eyed at my wedding, my kids are born. I also cried when Steve Eisman like raised the cup for the first time. Like, I'm getting a little teary eyed thinking about it right now. I'm not, no, I've, never, I've, I've, never, I've never seen you so jacked up before, man. So, like, if you ever want to get Jeff cursing and, and going off, like, let's oh, bring shit. up some old school rivalry, no, uh, you know, some asshole players and, nope. and, uh, and how that made him feel. <laughs> yeah, that was, I think his kid, his kids is also Lemieux's kids either in like minor league hockey or, you know, whatever. But, um, so anyway, uh, the Red Wings thing went like they won back to back cups. But anyway, that's Claude the Mew is one of the dirtiest players to ever play in the NHL. And I, they all, the dirtiest players have awesome stories. And again, you want a dirty player on your team, you know, but like, I always ask myself that is like, if they were on my team, would I love them? Would I like them? You know what I mean? Um, The Red Wings also had, they had one of the dirtiest players in the NHL. We've talked about this before. Vladimir Konstantinov was like dirty and just like Mm -hmm. a hard hitting defenseman. And this is the guy who, after they win the cup in 97, their first cup, um, there was a terrible limousine accident the night they won the Stanley Cup because the, the limousine driver was drunk. And uh, Vladimir Konstantinov and Vladimir Fetisov um, both hurt like terribly. Fetisov um, recovered 
but Vladdy is like um just incapacitated. Like, oh my Vlad, god, that's yeah, horrible. Like, not not even like like wheelchair bound. Like um I don't know about his mental state. I don't remember where his mental state is, but I'm pretty sure like he's he is um brain damaged and oh in god. a like like can't well, walk. Like they won the cup like a limo accident while celebrating the driver. Like you can't write stuff. I like, will never forget. I like. I watched the game. I watched the game, and then I was watching all the celebration. And then, like you know, a couple hours into watching the celebration on TV, that's where I then the the news you know flash came across about this horrific thing. It's like I, I can't even believe it. So, anyway, I you know what? Like obviously, minus the bad shit, like stuff like this, and the things that like will tie. You know, there's kids that are eight or nine that are growing up at the Kraken, they're going to watch the Kraken and like, they're going to see these things unfold and it's going to be etched in their brain forever. And it's going to like, you know, just totally entrench them with this team. And I think in like Kraken terms is that's just starting to happen. Like there's, they're, they're just starting to get a team. There's just starting to be like some good chemistry. I hope it translates on the ice and, you know, talking about the, the dirtiest players, that sort of thing. But like, you know, we need a dirty player on our team. Obviously, hopefully not doing stuff, you know, to like terribly injure other people or be complete assholes. Right. But at the same time, you, you do need that player to say, hey, you're not going to screw with us. We're the Kraken. We might be in last place, but damn it, we're going to like give you a good run and we're going to try and beat your ass while you're here. So maybe that's Dunner. Like you said, maybe that is done. And maybe from now on, we should watch him and, and kind of see, you know, what what the deal is there. Or, you know, if there's any other guys that are, you know, willing to quickly jump in and get into a scrum or you know defend the honor of of the kraken yep yep well so there you go so dirty players you know dirtiness is part of the nhl and it's always going to be there uh and i've been watching you done i've been watching you dunner i'm gonna see i want to see what you got (laughs) we we need you to do some more dirty work and see what's up so i'm gonna be looking for that in this these next uh next few games so anyway that's that's pretty much it man so uh man i just got fired up there i'm yeah i was like that was incredible like one that was my favorite hockey history with jeff you fucking crushed it but i have legitimately never heard you uh so fired up like that entire that entire segment i was literally just like listening to you just sitting here in silence being like this is awesome (laughs) thanks man i appreciate you know i was like gushing like pure emotion like that's right that trend said that like that was above sports like as i get older i you know you know, like I've always been a sports fan across all the sports and there's been so many times where I've like been like really sad about stuff that happened in sports. And, uh, and then you, you know, you just get older and you go like, am I a big fan of sports? Am I a big Kraken fan? Am I a big hockey fan? Am I a big Red Wings fan? You know, you know, absolutely. You know, but like teams lose and that's just part of it. There's going to be another season. Like I'm, you know, matured in that instance, but there's just like something about that incident with Chris Draper and, and Claude Lemieux. And then the fight that happens eight months later. And like, that just like crosses my wires and that's beyond sports. Like this guy, this was, this was beyond sports. This was like literally a pay-per-view fight and waiting for that, the anticipation. And it totally paid off. I mean, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to watch on YouTube. Like hopefully that whole game's on YouTube, that, that, that follow-up game. But uh, if you find it, we should, you should tweet the link out because I will watch it because as somebody that's new to the sport, even I have seen the clip of the two goalies skating out to center ice, dropping gloves and throwing down. And as somebody that at that time had no idea of the context 
um, or anything like that. Even I remember watching that video thinking, this is fucking insane. Like, I can't believe that these two dudes hate each other so much that they are skating out from the net to literally meet at center ice to beat the living hell out of each other. And meanwhile, like the rest of the teams are also beating the living crap out of each other, too. Oh, yeah, it was awesome, man. And, you know, they probably gave each other a look. I don't I think the hatred was real, you know, like. You know, fights can be orchestrated and, and you know, there's stuff like, hey, you want to go, you know, give these give, give these people a show. Sure. Let's go. That happens. You know, and then the guys fight and then afterwards they like, you know, have a beer or whatever. But this was like hate. This was hate. And, um, you know, that's why I'm excited about the blue stuff, because that the there's a rivalry growing there. You know, we've uh, the rival the games where we have any sort of incidences. That's what we need. That's what the Kraken need to forge the chemistry and the history that is the Kraken. We need more crazy shit to happen and more positive stuff, more negative stuff. You know, we need a story for these guys to, you know, like overcome and like work through. So that's happening. That's what I wish for, for the rest of the season. Like, shoot, if we lose the rest of the way, every single game, I just want something crazy to happen in the game. So like those motherfuckers remember us when we come back. <laughs> yeah. Don't try to hang six on us uh, late in late in the third period. And then get mad when Dunner takes your ass out. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. I'm totally on board with that. So, all right. Well, dude, this has been an awesome episode. Uh, I don't know how I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to like be awake for another three yeah, hours. Are you going to sleep tonight? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm like pretty wired. I know. You're, you're going to be in bed with like the, uh, like the brightness on your phone turned down and headphones in, just watching like <laughs> old hockey games. And then your wife's going to be like, yes, like you can't. You, you can't woke me up, man. <laughs> watching hockey highlights again. Come on. <laughs> like, why are you sweating? <laughs> could, could be It's like, what is he doing? Oh my God. Is he looking at like nasty stuff? Oh, he's watching hockey stuff again. Oh, yeah. As usual. Yeah. Actually, it'd be it'd be worse. I wish he was watching porn right now. But instead, <laughs> instead, he's watching uh guys fight uh, each other from the like early two thousands and he's loving it. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Well, dude, I'm hoping that uh the crack the cracking are looking good. We've said it before. Can we could you imagine next week when we're recording we have another another week of like solid crack and hockey? Yeah, like a three out of four. I would like something like that. And you mm-hmm. know what? I would really love a surprise W. Like the game against Florida to me was still a surprise win, even though they won the first time around. A surprise W to me would be like at Pittsburgh, like mm-hmm. a game that a lot of people are not going to give the Kraken a chance and the Kraken could, you know, surprise somebody. So, you know, we'll see. I would I would very much love for that to happen. It makes it also makes and this is us being selfish. I mean, at least for me. It makes recording the podcast a lot more fun when there's like yeah. fun shit going on. Um, you know, recording the podcast after they've lost their ninth in a row isn't isn't the best time. Still love them to death, but it's hard to bring the energy where it's like, well, uh, here's the crack and reaction. Everything is on fire. No, we've we've look. We're in it for you know for the good for the bad. We've we've signed our soul over yep. to the you know the undersea. Uh, you know, Kraken Lord. So, you know, and a hockey Jesus at the same time. So we're here no matter what happens, but man, it would be nice to, to have this half of the season be a good one. So let's make it happen. Joey, have a great week, man. No more accepting what from strangers <sighs> paraphernalia, illegal, yeah. illegal paraphernalia. No more yes. that from strangers, except it from your friends. Exactly. That's exactly correct. Yes. Okay. So, uh, man, have a great week. And uh, speaking of, you know, dirty players lead to trash talk. And what is trash talk in the NHL, in hockey? They are called trash talking incidences are called chirps. So we have had a lot of fun wrapping up each episode. 
with something that we like to call our chirp of the week. So follow us on Kraken Pod. Make sure you leave us a good review. And here is your chirp of the week. The fucking National League. What? Do that shit in the minors. Hey, you were in the minors longer than me, you dumb fuck. Don't fucking do stupid shit. Don't dye your hair.